really trying, but then there are parts where they're just like, all women want to be round, which was one script of these for women. They're like, ah, women round, yeah. <laughs> men try Dorito. The first, boys. the first time I ever watched this episode, I, I came away thinking like, I just feel like Gene Roddenberry was trying to be feminist, but he just didn't do it. Mm. And I think it's the thought that counts. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's definitely, uh, he's trying. I think there's that element to it. And yeah. there's another element that really reveals Gene Roddenberry as just mm. super horny. And I think those two kind of coexist in the episode. Mm. Um, I want to just say for the record, you can be a feminist and horny at the same time. Mm. You can. We've, we've seen it oh. happen. <laughs> it's, but not it's, in the way that Gene Roddenberry's horny. It permeates every level of this episode. Mm. Um, and with that, mm. should, we, should we go in uh, scene by scene? Yeah, so this is Out of Our Vulcan Minds. We're a podcast where we go through every episode of the original series of Star Trek. Uh, I'm Lucinda. I've never watched a Star Trek. I'm Ellie, and I've seen all of them. All of them? <laughs> Every Star Trek? I skipped some bad ones. And you know a lot about it, and I don't know anything. I'm smart. Um, I think, like, one of the things that I really liked from... I don't know whether we introduced it in last episode or the episode before, which was, like, what's the horniest moment? Yes. Ah, uh, it's the whole episode for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just... I can't... I think I'd actually be more hard-pressed to think of a, a moment that isn't horny. It's true. I, I think if I did have to pick one, it's the initial scene, I think, when when the women bought um, oh, being yes. aboard, um, and one of them's even, like, planned it so that she's facing away from everyone when she beams on so that she can do a sultry, oh, hey, turn around. Um, for the listeners, Ellie just demonstrated the turn. Yeah. But the premise, of maybe the premise is worthwhile covering as well. So the premise is... They find a ship, it's driving all crazy. They manage to beam the people aboard from the ship that gets wrecked. And it's this creepy looking mustachioed pirate and like three hot ladies. Irish pirate, apparently. Irish. He was supposed to be Irish. He's got like just a nothing accent. Though. Yeah. He doesn't sound Irish. And they're just like three stunning women. And yes, the moment where they where the women get beamed aboard separately to the gross mustachioed guy. And yeah, that is a good moment. And it's a lot of the Vaseline over the camera. Yeah. A lot of like extreme close-ups where their whole face covers the whole screen. Mm. Anyway, the women are like spooky somehow and everyone is extremely horny for them. And they're like, wow, why are they so horny? And a lot of innuendos. Oh God. It's, it's like um, the comments, I think, in the, in the Salt Vampire episode. Um, where the one dude's like, oh, wouldn't mind having her as a yeoman. And and that's just the tone with which Mm. all men on the Enterprise approach women. Yeah, and so like... Except Uhura for some reason. Can we actually talk about the fact that Uhura got a promotion though? Good for her. (laughs) So she was wearing... So up until now she's been wearing a red shirt or a red dress. Like her shirt that turns into a dress. Um, Today she's yellow. She's joined command. She has, but it's not. Okay. It, it's it's more just inconsistent costuming. Uh-huh. Well, she's yellow this time, so yeah. that's fun. I I feel like it's maybe just they run out of yellow uniforms for the day, and they're like, "Uhura, yeah." I know that it's racism that she doesn't get hit on, and I know that, and I know that it like I don't even know if it sucks or not. Yeah, it's like, oh no, she's not. No one's sexist oh, no, at no, her no because because no one's trying to attack her on this ship. They're too racist to be sexist at her. They're too racist to like actively rape her. Oh no! But then I'm like, 
oh, it's so fucking complicated. Mm-hmm. And then, um, because everyone's being rapey and like glaring and like gross to these three women who have been boarded on ship who are babes, Yeoman Ran's nowhere to be seen because she's got nothing to do. If mm-hmm. no one's hitting on Yeoman Ran, why is she even around? She was not in this ep, and I was disappointed. Um, Actually, Hura was supposed to have an extended scene in this episode in which Harry Mudd. Again, structures all just falling apart. Who cares? Harry, there's a there's an ex- was supposed to be an extended scene where Harry Mudd tries to talk her into taking the magic make beautiful pill. Uh, um, and I, I, presumably, eventually, she was like, nah, because she's already a babe. She's already a babe. Yeah. What would those pills do? Like collapse her. Would into she just a start floating and like her eyes would glow white and she'd take over the world. She's like Charlie X, but like. But like, so that's the thing is like, he's basically a human trafficker. So the weird pirate guy, it turns out that he's taking these three young, attractive women Mm -hmm. from wherever they came from, who cares, to another planet where there are like lonely miners. Well, the the plan wasn't initially to take them to a mining planet. Oh, it was like Um, some other planet where there are lonely men. Maybe we should go from the beginning. Okay. So... Then this is this is one of the strangest parts of the episode, because going back and watching the original series after having seen everything else now, in which yeah. everything's kind of like magical space communism utopia, in this episode it opens with them being space cops. Yes, so that was something else. So they basically like pull them over and pull them onto the ship, right? Yeah, like they they don't have sirens, but it's it's like it's basically that. Yeah, and then they have to pull. They go oh. Mr. Mudd, who's the guy who's with these three women. Initially posing as Captain Leo Walsh. Yeah, he gives a fake name. And they're like, oh, we're going to question you. And they're all sitting in this room and there's a lie detector. (laughs) Oh, the lie detector. The lie detector. The sassiest goddamn lie detector. uh, Lying. (laughs) Bullshit. (laughs) Also, also a horny detector. Oh my gosh. lie detector also can do scans so like scans the women Mm. like women appear normal however men are sweating breathing rapidly temperature rising and you're like rock hard (laughs) horny as hell (laughs) and they're all just sitting there like and then Spock is like strike that from the record (laughs) and so they're like cops and they're interrogating this guy my question is and I've asked this again and again and again Mm -hmm. You don't have an answer for me. Yeah. You're saying this is gay space communism. Uh, uh, what's the word you use? Like a... Fully automated luxury gay space communism. Thank you. I'll remember it one day. Yeah. And it's a scarcity free world. Yeah. Where no currency is needed because all everyone's needs are met. Mm-hmm. Why are there cops? Why are there cops in a utopia? Well, Why do they need the USS Enterprise to be cops in a utopia? Why is there human trafficking in a utopia? Later, to skip a little bit further ahead, they have to go to this mine to, like, get crystals for the ship, to fix the ship. Who cares? And then they're like, these crystals, they're worth more than diamonds and gold. And I'm like, why does anything have value if this is meant to be a utopia? I want to write Gene Roddenberry a letter, but he's dead. Yeah. So what's he going to do about it? Thanks, Gene. God. You're a fucking idiot. Ugh. So, out of universe answer, it's it was one of the first... This is still one of the first batch of episodes produced, and mm. it's still a bit, like, still kind of setting the world and developing the universe everything like that yeah. in universe answer um the federation is an anarchist it's still very hierarchical there's a government there's staff leaders 
technically scientific and exploratory, but it's also military and they do enforce laws. And as to why there's currency, uh, the Federation doesn't control everything. Um, so there are parts of the galaxy that exist outside Federation control in which currency still exists, but there are... Okay, let's roll it back. So as currency in our current world that we live in right now is controlled by government, right? Yeah. So the economy and like all that sort of stuff exists as private enterprise with some government involvement. But in terms of like every country's currency is developed by government. So some who's managing the currency who's printing currency outside of the government why isn't it just a pure trade barter system like it it becomes the like when we watch and we will the next generation <laughs> deep space nine all that it's purely post-scarcity everyone in the federation has what they want no one needs to work for stuff but if yeah i have to work yeah which i don't <laughs> I, I'm unemployed, listeners, and if you have a job for me, let me know. Um, I can talk, um, and I can produce podcasts, and that's my key skills, hiring. But, I, like, I, as I am currently in my job hunting right now, I would not apply to work on the Starship Enterprise. It's a nightmare. I'd be harassed by all the gross dudes on it. Mm-hmm. The ship breaks down every every other day, and there's always some sort of creepy alien around that's trying to kill us. I wouldn't want to work for them. Absolutely not. No, thank you. Not necessary. I'll just be one of those, like... What would I rather do? Of the jobs that we've seen on Star Trek. Archaeologist. That'd be cool. Although he does get eaten oh, by a salt vampire. Oh, could I be a salt vampire? Is that a job? I don't think that's a job that's and a job. more of a species. Mm, she gets by, though. I could be a salt vampire. Yeah, yeah. We haven't seen a lot. Most of the jobs that we've seen on planet are like... Mine is. Mining. Yeah. And like, that sounds hard. Well... It sounds yucky and dusty. Later on, there's some actors. I could do that. Shakespearean actors. Oh, no thanks. Um, oh, I'm... yes. Sorry, the Federation is very bourgeois, white, oh. European. If I have to watch another Shakespeare... I'm going to go pure in and murder everyone. Oh, no. I'm done. I'm done. I was an art student. I've seen all of them. I get it. I have seen your Hamlet. I've seen your Coriolanus. But have you seen them in the 23rd century? No, and I don't wish to. Oh, okay. I don't think Shakespeare's going to make it that long. <laughs> oh, no. In, in like, Enterprise, it's all, like, classical chamber music and fucking Ugh. Shakespeare and, and plays and shit. And you get to DS9, and people like baseball, which is a very refreshing change of pace from from the really bourgeois, fancy stuff. Where is your kitchen sink modern Australian drama? That's what I want to see. Where's that on the Starship Enterprise? Hasn't been in Australian yet in anything Star Trek, and I'm waiting for that representation. Are they still making Star Trek? Maybe I should apply. Are they still making Star Trek? Are they? There are six different shows in the works right now. Do you think I could just email them? I'm like... I know enough about Star Trek. I'm making a podcast about it. Listen. Yeah. Um, if you can give me one of those cool beehives, I'll do it. They, well, they don't do those anymore. But what? Well, That's playing, the best thing! They're all modern. Everyone's sad in the new Star Treks and, and oh, they have bad hair. Yuck. Sorry. And Leonard Nimoy's dead, so what's the point? True. True. Oh, I wish he wasn't dead. I think if he was still alive, I'd try to contact him. He's, he'd be like 90 now. Yeah. Yeah. He died a while ago. Oh, like five years. What did he die of again? Being old. Just old. Yeah. Just old. <laughs> <laughs> Just old. Just old. He man. died of old. But William Shatner's still alive. That bums me oh, out. Oh, do you want to know some even Could more bum out news about William Shatner? What happened? 
So for the last few weeks, um, I guess you don't spend a lot of time in, in both Star Trek Twitter and trans Twitter, which has been intersecting in this matter. Uh-oh. Because... Has he done something bad? Yup. <laughs> What's he done? Well, William Shatner now claims that he's been oppressed because people have called him straight white cis dude. People so, also called him Shatner. I'd yeah. be more bummed out about that. So I would like to take uh, this moment to participate in an act of oppression and say that William Shatner is a straight white cis male. Unless he decides he's not. Maybe maybe he's hiding something. Maybe that's why he's bummed out. No, he's too lame. Yeah, that's true. He's not allowed. He's not allowed in the group. <laughs> no, no, he's too lame to be queer. Okay. So yeah. If he's anything like Kirk, I agree. Um, and now you may know why in, I think, our first episode I said that I tried to tactfully say that I would not give a shit if William Shatner died. Wow, but you've really gotten the guts now. Yeah. And I respect that. I've had because you... I'm the, I was the one in the beginning going like, I don't give a shit if this person's dead. Is Aurora dead? Is she alive? Nichelle Nichols is still alive. Nice. Yeah. She's, that's good. Yeah. I think, I think she's... Like cognitive faculties are suffering oh. a bit, but she's like she's also she's also like ninety. So that's cool. Yeah, I mean not cool, but like she's that's pretty good. Mm. I know George Takai got cancelled. Yeah, like he's a bit of a sex pest. Yes, yes, I heard that. But he's, I don't know, he's I, still I, around. Why have they heard that recently? Do we have to say allegedly if we're publishing this? Allegedly, allegedly oh, a sex pest. Man, you know what? Yeah, I just Australian defamation laws are tricky. I think if you say allegedly I, for everything. Alleg- everything I'm saying is alleged. Yeah. I'm allegedly bummed out that William, <laughs> Shat- was dead. William Shatner's allegedly a dickhead. Ugh, I'm allegedly not pleased about this. But yeah, that's the thing. You know, we, are we, but we're not journalists. But I guess we're publishing stuff. I don't know. I hmm. should know this. Yeah, gosh. Australian defamation laws mean that you have. it's on us to prove it, and I'm not going to do that. Well, I can prove I'm that... I'm so lazy. I can prove that William Shatner said those things on Twitter. I'll just link the tweets. Okay, we'll link them in the show notes. <laughs> no, we won't. No, no, we won't. That's so much work. <laughs> Are you kidding? I'm, I have to do that, and I know that I'm not going to do that. We're lucky if this gets edited and put on Anchor, to be honest. Listen, I read about Star Trek for this and I make notes and that's all the work I do mm. and then I edit out my screaming laugh because far out I laugh like a crazy person just like Wah! that's fun it gives the show character mm. god knows I don't provide that <laughs> what do you bring? Star Trek facts that's true you do bring some good facts Star Trek facts um, actually I think we need to do another segment which is Law Corner. Yeah. I have a lot of questions. Which we've kind of already been going into, so perfect segue. Perfect segue. Before our massive detour. <laughs> this has barely been about the actual episode so far. We have a lot of thoughts and feelings, and that's important. Yeah. Um, Law Corner. Yeah. So, they talk... Oh, so, because... I'm going to fuck this up somehow. So, when they pull over this other ship, which is uh, Harry Mutt mm-hmm. and his women... Mm-hmm. They have to, like, extend their protector shield around the other ship. Yeah. And that makes them burn through their lithium crystals. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I'm saying all of these words. You got that all right, but also forget all of that, because in all future Star Trek, ships run off dilithium crystals. How do you know this? They say That's it so good. much. I wanted to say, Ellie's not reading anything. We are, like, eye-contacting. That's just straight off the dome. By the end of this, you will also be just spouting this stuff off. No, I don't want You'll to. You'll be like, oh, got to get in the Jeffrey's tube so that we can go get some more dilithium crystals in the walk injector. Oh, my God. 
Uh, and then I'll also forget to breathe. That's It's going to replace the part of my brain that remembers to breathe and I'll die. I can't function as a real person. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> that is sick. Sick one. How's that? Oh, it's so great. Mm-hmm. I'll yeah. just like forget. We've already made the taxes joke, so that's not for that. It's the, it's the one adult thing we can think of. Taxes. Yeah, taxes. Uh, I don't even know how to drive, dude. Yeah. I don't know. I do, but not well. You're a great driver. Oh, stop. You haven't hit anyone. Could I drive the Enterprise? Yeah, well, in our profile picture, you're command. But Kirk? No, oh, I guess Sulu's command. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just hot in the background. <laughs> I'm red. I'm you're, just, I'm you're Scotty. Though. You're the Scotty. No. Yeah. No, I'm gonna be yeah. Uh, no, who is usually red? She yeah. pushes buttons. Yeah, she's communications yeah. officer. Boop, boop, boop. She pushes buttons. Captain, we're getting a message. She's holding her head up to her ear. She, you've seen the little earpiece thing. Yeah, 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 and yeah. It's like a little antenna sticking out of her ear. Boop, boop. Little AirPod. Mm. Okay, so lithium crystals. Yeah. Worth more than diamonds. Certain amount more than diamonds. Worth lots. Oh, excuse me, keep coming. Worth more than gold, which stupid. Okay, so everyone knows that diamonds are worth more than gold. Mm-hmm. Everyone, and yeah. yet they have to say worth more than diamonds, worth more than gold. I'm like, you could have just, you could have just said worth more than diamonds. Like, why do you need to say? <laughs> anyway, but um, and it's they showed us one that's burnt out, and it's like, it looks like an unpolished diamond or some sort of like clear crystal. It's maybe like two fists in size, perhaps. What's the deal? What's that all about? And there are and. I, I think I also hear white noise when they talk about the like technology bullshit because yeah. they're all standing around at one point and they're like, "Oh, what do we do, Captain? Oh, we could do this one bullshit thing, or we could do this other thing of made up bullshit." And Kirk's like, "We'll do the second bullshit thing." What are they talking about? Yeah, like so. If you're not a fan of the techno babble, we picked the the wrong show to watch. <laughs> um, but, oh, I and hate it. we've we, we've covered it briefly previously, but. It's it's like better than saying, "Hey, Captain, the engine's broken," and 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 then just leaving it at that. It adds like a little bit of flavor. Like it's actually a running spaceship that has components that you know. I would argue it's not a well-run spaceship. Oh no! Because like every episode so far, there's been some sort of like problem with the ship. Well, I mean, to be fair, we probably don't see the episodes where everything goes fine and no one has any troubles and it's all great. I'd love to see that. That'd be nice. Just Spock. Could we have an episode where it's just like Spock's day? Like he gets up next to Kirk, rolls over, mm-hmm. good morning, honey, and then gets up and is just nice and respectful to everyone. Hi, Sulu. Oh, how's it going? Do you want to play some three-dimensional chess later? Cool, let's do that. Oh, Ahura, cool. Hey, how's the, how's the communications? Good, cool. Any news? No? Okay, cool. See you at lunch. The, That's what I want to see. The best I can offer you is him trying to resolve his daddy issues with his dad. Oh, when do we get to meet his dad? Good question. Um, I feel like it's maybe not till season two, but it's it's a good app, um, and I really all the Vulcan stuff. You know, as long as it's not just humans being dumb and boring, it's mm. it's a fun time. Okay, I'm gonna swap back to wine. Okay. <laughs> I was having tea for too long. On the subject of Spock waking up and rolling over and giving Kirk a kiss on the cheek, Mm -hmm. I think the episode would have you believe that um, uh, Spock is um, unfazed by the charms and wiles of these women. Yes. Because he's Vulcan, but it's because he's extremely gay. 
That's interesting. So yes, that's one thing to note. So every woman on the ship is fawning. Sorry, every man on the ship is fawning over these three. They, they cannot function. They literally just stop, especially Bones. What's his real name? Uh, Leonard McCoy. Oh, I hate him. Hate him. And he's so yucky and he's just perving on these women all the time. Oh, he's so gross. And like, there's one point where one of the women walks into his office and she's like, oh, are you going to do a examination on me? And he's like, I wouldn't trust myself. And I'm like, gross. Mm. Gross. Yeah. If you're a GP or a doctor or something out there and you don't think you can look after hot people, I don't think you should be a doctor. Hippo- honestly. Hippocratic oath. Does Hippocratic oath not exist? Do, they say, do no harm. Don't be a creep. I think that's word for word what the Hippocratic Oath is. I think so. I trust that. I'll look at that later. But yeah, and so um, Spock is the only one who's like, just like, oh, cool. Three broads. What do they want? Like, he's just like, not phased. Highly illogical. And there is, <laughs> there's a phase, a uh, phase, a point in the elevator where it's um, Harry, Mud, the three women, and um, Spock in an elevator. And Harry, what does he say? He's like, you're one of those Vulconians, aren't you? And Spock's just like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he's like, you don't feel feelings, do you? That's why they don't affect you. <laughs> and he's like, I guess. <laughs> um, so he's not phased. But yeah, I think that's a really interesting read of like, he's just not into the, the ladies. Hmm. His heart rests solely with Kirk. But he has to then wrestle with the fact that Kirk's heart lies with the ship. Yes, which oh, which we get a little, which little, we get a little bit of. Yeah, because one of the women, Evie, I think, because mm. there's Evie, Eve. Ruth, and another one. I've, 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 it's it's the other one who has that stupid accent. So there's oh, like yeah. two of the women are just like regular like American women, and then there's one who has this like it's not any accent. She's walking around. She's like hello. <laughs> I am woman. But yeah. it's not even that. Like, that's a better accent. That was than an that accent. Was. Yeah. That was an You accent. should have been in the episode. I should have. Yeah. should have been walking around being like, hello, was that I am woman. Magda? Ruth, Eve, and Magda. I don't think we hear the name Magda at any point. It was probably in there, but like, who would remember Evie's that? Evie's kind of the one that does most of the talking. Yeah. She's kind of the head the head lady. And she falls for Kirk. Yeah. And, 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 and Harry Mudd's always like, ooh. You'll find that these captains are always in love with their ships. I want to say that that accent was better than Harry Mudd's accent. I deliberately did it bad. <laughs> Still better though. Hey. <laughs> Probably do better than Scotty as well, but let's be real, everyone could. I know. Even I could. I can't do accents. Okay, what else do we have to cover from Mudd's Women? I think we should just cover the entire climax with the miners kind of in one. Oh, shit, so, yes. so they have to go... To this mining island called Rigel, Rigel fourteen. Rigel fourteen. When I say island, I mean planet. Um, to get the lithium. It's like an island in space. And, and you know islands, right? You guys know what an island is. Yeah. You know what an island is. Imagine that, but big. Yeah, and in space. Big in space. The ocean is space. Ocean space island. Everything that is not space. Yes. That's what planet. What was it called again? Rigel fourteen. Rigel fourteen. Because they have to go to get the lithium crystals uh-huh. to fix the ship because they busted the ship. And while they're on the way to this planet, Harry Mudd contacts the island and he's like, oh, cool, there's three of you and I've got three broads here. Let's hook it up. Yeah, yeah. So he kind of holds the Enterprise to ransom. And, and what I do love is that just before he formulates this plan, 
in loudly in front of two security personnel. He's like, I've got a plan. I'm going to run the enterprise. I'm going to fuck with Kirk. And the security personnel are just like, I, I do not give a shit. <laughs> not, not paid enough for this. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he formulates the plan. The miners are like, we'll give you the crystals, but give us the women. Mm. Which like, And they say that to Kirk. Kirk is disapproving, but I would argue not disapproving enough. Mm. That basically these miners have come up and go, gone, hey, you want some crystals? Kirk's like, yep, yeah, I'd like some crystals. I work for the government, so we'll give you like whatever a reasonable price for crystals is. And they're like, nah, nah, nah. Give us these three human beings. And Kirk's like, no. And I'm like, Kirk, good that you're not agreeing to it. But also, I think you should agree with it less. I think his reason for disagreeing was like, Harry Mudd's a criminal and this is his confiscated uh, contraband. Not like, these are human beings. Yeah, I would agree with that. Because this is the episode where he's space cop. He's space what? Space cop. Oh yeah, he's a space cop. And so... Oh, and the end of this episode just made me get, I was very, I was cross. It's, it's so strange. So yeah, so let's go through the whole sequence with Miners. So Kirk's in a bind, him, Spock, Harry Mudd, the women all beam down to the planet where, where they have like a little impromptu party with the Miners and the Miners are all like schmoozing with the, with the chicks, except Evie's sad. Evie's bummed out. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Oh, and we totally forgot to mention. Oh. We discovered that. They, their, their beauty is, is upheld through the use of Venus drugs because if they don't take them, they look like all their makeup's gone and that's hideous. <laughs> I love that. So um, they're meant to look really ugly and horrible, but mo- except for Ruth, they give mm. her like wrinkly fake face. Yeah. But basically they're like, oh, if they don't take these like illegal hot drugs, then they just become quote unquote ugly. And when I say ugly, yes, they take off all their makeup and they ruffle their hair a little bit. And they're like, <laughs> oh, hideous, yucky. <laughs> there's that and so they're having this party Evie's a bit bummed out and mm-hmm. so one of the miners is like who so each of the miners has had one of the women which is ugh. and the not one, like had they, no but they're like dancing. they're all dancing and hanging out yeah. and the miner who's with Evie when he notices she's a bit bummed out he tries to take Ruth away from yeah. one of the others and then they all get in this big fist fight because men because men you know they're yucky and all they want is women I don't think we've talked about this enough um, so we've talked about how Star Trek is kind of shitty to women it's shitty to dudes as well. Like, I think it's easy to talk about how Star Trek is shitty to women because it's kind of shitty upon women. Like, there are women there just being regular people and bad stuff is happening to them. Mm. And so it's easy to point at that and go, hey, like, that must really suck for that woman. But, like, the way that men are betrayed by actors in the show is shitty to men because it's being, like, they're all really kind of meat-heady and, like horny and aggressive and selfish and nasty in a way that is like not really great yeah which is why spock is the only good character spock's a good boy besides uhura and rand uhura well the thing is there aren't really a lot of bad women really like there's a couple of like and like the quote-unquote bad women are aliens pretending to be women Mm -hmm. right like and the three women in this show, they aren't really bad. They're, like, trying to do their best. And they don't really do anything. They don't really do anything. They kind of just stand around and be hot. And so that's kind of neutral, if anything. Ahura and Rand are, like, really good. To the point where it's, like, they've kind of not got a lot of character. Ahura has, like, pretty much no character. She's just, like, competent and attractive. And that's kind of it. She's, and then She sings. 
She does sing that. She did sing that nasty song about Spock. Yes, if that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> She's heaps bad. Oh, okay. She's racially abused a fellow colleague. <laughs> Yeah, okay, I feel that. <laughs> There's so much that happens in this show. And it's all supposed to be like acceptable 60s camaraderie I and banter. I never thought I'd have such strong opinions about gender relations on Star Trek. A film that is like, is I'm trying to think, like it's older than me, certainly. S- significantly more. Significantly more. At least twice as. I was going to be like, it's older than my parents. Not quite, but like they were very young when it was made. Mere puffs. I think. Yeah. Yeah, they were really young. Mm. No, it's, it makes it's me sympathise with boomers a little bit. Because <laughs> I'm sort of like, they were that. bombarded with all of this bullshit and they have to like overcome it. Yeah. Ugh. I don't sympathise with boomers. I kind of do. Yeah. I yeah. don't want to pick a lane. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to wonder why I stuck with Star Trek after beginning with the original series because... I guess I just wasn't looking at that element of it at the time. I'm glad I didn't because I might not have stuck with it. Mm. I think we need to finish this. Um, So um, Evie gets cross. She's like, no one loves me. She runs off into the... Oh, after like the head head minor Childress or whatever. He's like childless. Childless. Childress or something? Yeah, something like that. But he's like standing at the window with her. She's looking out there and he's like... Dust storms get pretty bad out here. It's like this all the time. Just dust everywhere. So, you looking forward to living here? <laughs> yeah, she's like, oh no. And so she runs out. Into um, the dust storm. Great, great storm acting. Oh, Flings amazing. herself against rock walls. Like, ugh. Oh, ugh. oh, God. And then he runs after her. A lot of stuff they're looking for them. She comes back with Childress. Mm-hmm. And it's just the two of them. And like, she's passed out from like... Dust storm. The dust storm. And he lays her on the bed and then he goes to bed in a different bed because he's a gentleman. And then she wakes up in the morning and he's like, oh, I makes him breakfast, which is weird. Yeah. And he wakes up and he's like, I didn't touch you. And she's like, yeah, like he oh. wants a medal for it. He wants a medal for like not her, like, <laughs> and she's sort of like, okay, dude. And then he's like, why are you cooking me breakfast? I'm capable of cooking my own breakfast. She's like, all right, dude, chill out. Like you did, you did me a favor. So I'm making you breakfast. And, and he's like, and he, he's mad because her drug's starting to wear off and she looks a little bit less um, amazing. And he, he gets mad about it. She looks great, to be honest. I she think looks like a normal human being. She looks like a normal person who's just woken up in the morning. And then he's like, this isn't what I've signed up for. Why do you look like a human being instead of a, a weird sex doll? And she's mm. like, she has a, does she have a go at him? I can't remember. Oh, she, she does, actually. Like, she has a go at Harry Mudd for being like, oh, you know, this illusion is all fake. You know, you're not, like... So there's... there's that's, that's the kind of element of the episode that's trying to say, you know, there's more to women than their appearance, but... It doesn't quite get there. It doesn't do it. Because this is the thing that then gets me. Because then Harry Mudd and Kirk come into the house and they're like, oh, you're back. Um, so... Can I get those lithium crystals? And the guy's like, no, the deal's off. My wife's ugly now. Slightly less attractive. They're not married though, but he's... And then they're like, oh, well, the other four have gotten married to each other by... What's the phrase they use? Like, radio wedding? Oh, subspace communication wedding, something like that. <laughs> Which sounds romantic. Oh, cute. Um, and then he's like, no, my wife's ugly again. And then they go, okay, well, your wife has been taking... Or these, your almost wife has been taking Venus pills. And then this is where they get weird gender binary where they're like, ah, <laughs> Venus pills. They make women womenier and men menier. <laughs> like, they're like, ah, it makes women round. Round. 
That's it. That's... And men, Dorito shape. And they're like, ah, I understand. Also, again, on your point of how they represent masculinity in this, I think they said it makes men more aggressive and women more feminine. Not mm. men more masculine, women more fem- fem- feminine. Mm. Yeah, men more well aggressive, done. as if that's what masculinity is. Yeah. Um, anyway, so they give her the pill... And then she's holding the pill and she does this beautiful speech where she's like, hi, what kind of wife do you want? Do you want one that's like an actual partner who will like help? And she does still use a lot of 60s. She's like, she's like, who will cook and clean for a you. A wife who will sew and cry and and do other stuff. Very weird. Yeah. Um, which was part of me like, oh, not really. You sound a bit boring. But you know, if that's her, like live your truth. And she's like, do you want a woman who like cooks you breakfast and like, actually has a conversation with you and says and cries and goes on walks and all this sort of bullshit. And then she takes the pill and it cuts away and then it cuts back to her. Her hair is completely different. <laughs> so before her hair's just out and loose about her mm-hmm. shoulders, like that guy in the previous episode would be into. Oh, what's the episode where he gets drunk? The drunk. And he's like, oh, the women must wear their hair loose about oh the, the irish guy yeah Ugh. yeah what a gross dude anyways and so it changes from that to being like a full 60s updo with like a fringe mm. and like makeup's back full makeup like pink lip gloss blue eyeshadow like from nothing to like full 60s makeup mm. and her dress kind of fits a bit better yeah somehow so her, her dress was a little loose before and now it's all tight she's more round now she's more round she's filled out and been more round and then she comes back and she's like oh do you want this just your round wife. <laughs> Horrible and selfish, nothing, but very pretty. And very vapid and vain. Yeah. And then... Which is like a good... Like, that's a good thing to be arguing, I think, for the episode. Yeah. They don't do it in a good way, but... They don't... It's basically like, do you want me to be useful or hot? Um, which, yeah. you know... Uh, I always say, because, like, do you want me to have a person... Do you want a woman... Who has... Interests and feelings. Do you respect women in the sense that they are actual people, or do you only are you only interested in women because of how attractive they are? Yeah, I think was what she was trying to post there. Yeah, they don't do it great. No, but they trying. Yeah, and Jean, I'll give you that. I'll give you that you're trying. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> in the twist of the century, <laughs> the best, <laughs> the best twist. Um, Kurt goes, but Evie. Those weren't Venus. You're uncontrollable. <laughs> You're trying not to... Evie, those weren't Venus pills. They were just gelatin. Like, they were just not even the pill. Placebo. Placebo. Yeah. And they're like, it's just confidence that made you get makeup and hotter. The self-confidence is the real drug. Anyway, and then the, the miner's like, Evie's going to stay here with me because she's hot now and it's not cheating. Um, and Evie's like, okay, I guess I'm staying here with this weird, gross, balding dude. Yeah, she doesn't even say any, get to say anything. He's just like, he's yeah, so she's mean. staying. Yeah. He's so mean to her. She, he's much older. Yeah. I'd say that he's like, and he says like, oh, I deserve a hot wife because I've been mining for a long time. And I'm like, a woman's not a prize, dude. Like, grow up. Mm. But I'd say he's like in his late 40s. And the actor who plays Evie must be, like, in her late 20s. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like, it does feel yucky. And then Kirk's like, oh, well, you guys going to stay here then? And then they're like, yes, we're going to stay here. And then he's like, cool, all right, problem solved. And, like, goes like, you know, <laughs> off I go. <laughs> I've done it. I've perpetuated misogyny in the galaxy. I've done it. These I'm out. <laughs> I've left these poor women with these men that they don't know on a, on a planet that they're not allowed to walk out of this one room like they live in one room apartments 
A horrible like, dust planet. On a horrible dust planet where your husband mines lithium crystals for me, Captain Kirk. And then he <laughs> takes Harry Mudd back onto the ship and then they're like, all right, done ski, goodbye. And then that's the end. Yeah. And Spock's like, I'm glad we put, we, we, we get we get another good little um, racial jibe mm. at the end with Spock being like, I'm glad that whole illogical affair is over. And, and McCoy, as usual, is like, uh, you never let your emotions do anything, uh, blah, blah, blah. And we also find out, I think we missed, we, we kind of like missed it, but we find out the Vulcans have their heart down here where one spleen is. I like how you said down here and padded on a purely audio. That's why I followed <laughs> up with a description. It's, so they've got their, their, their heart in their tummy, in their tum-tum. Their spleen, I said. No one knows, not, not, not everyone knows where the spleen is, Ellie. Well, everyone Don't needs to a, get on my level. <laughs> Don't be elitist. <laughs> like down where your appendix is. But maybe people, yeah, in your tum-tum. Yeah, down here. Down here in your tum-tum. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, so that's, that's, that, that's the end of the episode. It's, um, it's a strange oh. one. Now, I've got, this is where I've got my fun Star Trek facts to mm-hmm. share. Fun but, facts. Give me it. Um, so Gene Roddenberry wrote this one yeah. himself, and he obviously liked it so much that he considered the story for not just one of the pilots, but both of the pilots. That's how much he loved their story. And that, that become, it becomes really obvious what's happening there when I've got this quote from NBC program manager, Jerry Stanley. One of the problems we had was in trying to talk Roddenberry out of some of his sexual fantasies that would come to life in the scripts. <sighs> some of the scenes he would describe were totally unacceptable. And old Billy Shatner, that cis straight white dude, <laughs> um, said it was, it was a miracle that NBC allowed that episode to go ahead at all. It's extremely horny. Mm. He's really, I think Gene's working through some stuff. And look, if this was made in 1966 or 67, you've got to give a little tiny bit of credit to Gene where he's trying to be like, hey, women are people and you can't just objectify them. And there are moments where the three women go like, hey, I feel really uncomfortable that I'm just treated like a sex object on yeah. this ship. That makes me uncomfortable. Like, Evie hides in Captain Kirk's room to be like, oh, like... Because ha- Harry, Harry has told her to go and seduce Captain Kirk. Well, yeah. Her, her, and she's like, no, I don't want to, that's... Not, doesn't feel good. It's not me. So, you know, there are elements of, like, Gene Roddenberry being like, ah, oh, these women, they have feelings. He misses the mark so much, though. And I think that's yeah. because he's, like, just so horny. Yeah, and he, it's the 60s, and he just doesn't, like, you know, I, I guess the women's liberation movement was happening then, and maybe he was, like, peripherally aware of it and was, like, aware of it being a good thing, but just hadn't bothered to, like, look into the specifics of, of that movement. Yeah, it's... It's very weird to watch. Mm. Um, and it's really only women's liberation when it, like, is helpful for him. I think if, it, if Gene Roddenberry were alive today, he'd be so much of, like, a wife guy, I reckon. I reckon that's the kind of, like, feminist he'd be. He'd be, like... you. Do you remember that guy a couple of years ago who posted a picture of his wife and being, like, I love my fat wife and that's why I'm a feminist. Oh, Give me a medal. him. <laughs> I feel like Gene would be, like... That kind of thing. He's like, I love my wife, even though she's not hot. Give me an award. Maybe he was like a prelude to the to all those dudes in the seventies, like Hugh Hefner, who were like, "Hey, I can I can like pervert women's liberation to, for my own self gratification." Sweet. <laughs> Sick. Cool. Cool. Yeah, like you'd be like, women can be sexy. That's hot and liberating. I'm um, and if they want, but I also want. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's. 
it's weird. And well, here's, 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 a, here's a hypothetical question. Yeah. If you were to like fix this episode, mm-hmm. what would you do? Because obviously the women would not end up on the planet with those three gross miners. No. Um, They'd leave. I've got a couple of things. Yeah. I would love it that the pills like malfunction and in order to live, they need to like eat human bodies. And so they actually eat the miners and then they take over the mine and they become super wealthy Mm. and they create a beautiful like women's commune on the planet. Yeah. That would be cool and interesting. And they wash up the fucking frying pans as well. Yeah. Which apparently the men are incapable of doing. (laughs) Yucky. Um, what are others? What what about you? That's, that's me going. And that's a Star Trek episode. Yeah. Totally. Like the, the like planet a, of women miners. Women miners, you know what it's like. Um, you but it's more like the you're taking this pill for your own vanity to look hot all the time, and then the the payoff is you're not human. You become like some sort of gross alien or something. Like you lose some part of your humanity, and that's like you you know you have to be a cannibal or something. It doesn't yeah. have to be that exactly, but like you know the cost of that because there wasn't really a lot of like. Like, they take these pills to be hot, and basically if they don't take them regularly, they just go back to their, like, regular selves. There's no real, like, downturn for their vanity. It's kind of... No. But but that would feel like it was was punishing the women for, for what is essentially all male-driven. That's true, because it is Harry who's telling them to take yeah. the pills. Okay. Like, again, yeah. Again, human trafficker. Yeah, he's, he, <laughs> Harry Mudd? Cancelled. Get out of here, Harry Mudd. <laughs> we'll see you next time in Mudd's Planet. <laughs> It's a good app. I like that app. He's still cancelled though. He's still cancelled. <laughs> he gets he does get cancelled in that episode as well. Cool. Double mm. cancelled. Mm-hmm. Um how else would I like how would I I think this is an interesting question. I would have I think I would have all the men on the ship act like normal fucking people. Step one. Yeah. Um yeah. I, mean, I think yeah. what I'd really like is so Harry Mudd gets arrested and they only talk to him because quote unquote he's the one who's under arrest, not the women. I'd like it that, like, Harry Mudd is, like, in some sort of captivity, which he is for a little bit, um, and, like, Captain Kirk interviewing the women and being like, hey, like, what do you actually want to do? And, like, it turns out that, like, one or two of, or even all of them have, like, some sort of skill that could be marketed towards, not, maybe, not like, the Enterprise, but within the Starfleet. Mm. And so, like, what if one of them turned out to be really good at, like, I don't know, being a yeoman or something, and is, like, interested in that and, like, goes off to do that rather than be a wife? It's and then another one falls in love with, like, a minor character and marries him and then they move somewhere. Like, they actually have some sort of agency. It, it is interesting you say this because I also found a quote from an author, Paula M. Block. Don't ask me what she's written. I don't know. But <laughs> one would assume. Um, but, no, she didn't like this episode. Thought it was Fair very enough. sexist. She's right. She's right. Um, because... Uh, what was the part of this quote was that even after learning that Eve doesn't need the Venus drug to appear desirable, she can't foresee a future that doesn't involve uh, snaring a man. Uh, the thought of serving aboard a starship never occurs to her. Mm. And like you said, she could, like they could serve aboard a ship. Yeah, but, totally. But their, their whole existence goes from being the property of Harry Mudd to becoming wives to men. Their whole journey is existing in relation to one man or another. Mm. They they should ha- be given autonomy just one stage any stage i think you're right and it's it's really tricky because like um i think i think we're currently in like a third wave feminism um which you know is going like okay well like decrying like traditional marriage roles and you know quote-unquote traditional female roles of like being a homemaker and a mother 
like we shouldn't decry those because if a woman chooses to do that, we should mm-hmm. respect that. And to a degree, if he does choose that, but I think um, whoever you just quoted has a point in the sense that she's never given any sort of outlook or option to sort of think about what she wants. Yeah. Um, and it is tricky because like it's they clearly how did they end, we don't get into like how they came into possession like how did they meet Harry Mudd like maybe he's some sort of contractor that they contracted to like find them husbands because they do talk about the fact that they're from places where there are no viable husbands and they had shit lives yeah so maybe they are like contracting Harry Mudd to take them somewhere like that's not really and if that is the case it's still a sexist episode but it's not as much of a sexist episode Mm. unfortunately he did refer to them as his cargo yeah but he might just be yucky like well he is he is don't get me wrong, still cancelled. But, like, he could describe them as cargo, but if they're there voluntarily and they're there because they chose to, that's still some element of agency. Whereas, like, you know, it, it's not really implied that they're kidnapped or they're there involuntarily. So there is that kind of complexity to it as well. And I think if there was an option where they did get some agency or in some place where they didn't end up marrying these three minors that are kind of a bit too old for them, I think that would be ideal. I think to just say that this episode is sexist is missing a lot of the nuance of it. Because, Mm -hmm. yes, it is sexist, but it's not like... If you're looking at sexism as, like, a a continuum, it's not, like, at 100% sexism. There are definitely moments that are problematic and that are sexist. I don't know. I didn't like it. No. But uh, it's tricky. Ultimately, it was trying... It was trying, and you've got to give some credit where credit's due. Yeah. The women do have, like, a moment to speak. And, you know, Evie does say, she gets cross and she's like, Yeah. Look, why aren't you talking to us? We're here because we want to find husbands, because there's no men on our planet, and we want to love and be loved and cared for. Like, that's okay. Like, it's allowed for her to say that. But, yeah, there is then the problem of, well, she's never been given any other kind of option. Why can't she be like Yeoman Rand or Uhura? Yeah, I think that's a good way of looking at it. It was a lot. There's a lot of feelings related to that episode. I've got a lot of feelings. And it doesn't help that, like, Harry Mudd is, like... He's got this, like, pervy kind of curly moustache and he's big and rotund and I'm just like, he's yuck. He looks pervy and he looks like he's dressed like a pirate. Yeah. Which is helping no one. Oh, no, no, no. And his terrible, his terrible Irish accent. Ugh. Why are they trying to put so many Irish and Welsh and Scotsmen on this show? It's just like that American thing where, like, all these all these um, Anglo-Celtic Americans who are, like, seven generations back, their they great-great-great-great-grandfather was mm. from Ireland. They're like, I'm Irish. That's me. I'm all the way Irish. Um, Do you have any more facts? I don't know. I was just going to like go on a Twitter and scroll through my like tweets, see if there's anything about Star Trek. <laughs> I think that's a sign we should stop. Yeah, probably. Right. Okay, wait, wait. Just to finish it up, Lucinda is now going to, from memory, verbatim repeat the entire intro sequence to the Star Trek. Oh, no. I'll start you off. Yeah. Space. The final frontier. Um... Yeah, it's a good start. The Final Frontier. Yep, did that bit. And then later they say, where no man has gone before, that's the end. Mm-hmm. What's in between? What's in between the beginning and the end? Let's fill in that sandwich. Um, space, The Final Frontier, the USS Enterprise, no, um, the... The, the, the these. These. 
these are the stories. Mm. These are the adventures. Mm. These are the um, ruminations. No, these you're are the, gone. <laughs> gone the wrong way. Yeah. These are the episodes. They're traveling in space. These are the space. These are the tra- voyages. Mm. <laughs> these are the voyages of the USS Enterprise. Starship Enterprise. So yeah, Starship yeah, yeah. Enterprise. These are the voyages of the Star Trek. Star Trek. Starship Enterprise. Yep. <laughs> Star Trek Enterprise. No, we'll get to Star Trek Enterprise. It's Star a long Trek. way down the road, but we'll get there. <laughs> oh, they do Trek a bunch. They tra- so much. Okay, let me start again. Yeah. Space. The final frontier. These are the adventures. Mm. Of the Starship Enterprise. Yes. Going to new places. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I need a hint. It's. It's. Five. five. It's five. It's five year journey. Mission. Mission. It's five year mission. <laughs> Ellie's doing this straight from memory. Can we, can we I, say that to the listeners? Yeah. At home? Yeah, yeah. On its five-year journey, no, no, mission. No, no, it's just it's five-year mission, comma. It's five-year mission. To. To be space cops. Yeah, that'll do. <laughs> and then to go where no man has gone before. Do 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 Good enough. It's close enough. Yeah. That should be the byline of this podcast. <laughs> and, um, and see. Thank you for listening. I've been Ellie. I've been listening. <laughs> Bye.